0: make decisions, do your best to gather the data that you need in order to make that decision, but just make a decision.
1: Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another uh, episode of the Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the uh, serial entrepreneur as well as the uh, patent and trademark attorney and founder of Miller IP Law. Um, we uh, each week we go through the inventive journey of uh, different individuals and how they uh, got from where they were, what they were re- or doing previously to uh, where they're at today. So, we today we have on a uh, great guest and excited to have uh, Elizabeth on. Um, I'll do a quick introduction, then she'll probably do a much better introduction. But Elizabeth uh, worked for a, a few previous companies and was uh, in the uh, commercial construction project management. Um, she uh, decided that uh, there was a need for some software out there for homeowners that wasn't out there. And so after uh, deciding that uh, nobody else was doing it, she thought, why not me? So that's where she's at today. So welcome on to the podcast.
0: Thanks, Devin. It's nice to be uh, included. So yeah, so um, I definitely um, was in commercial construction and specifically the technology side of the space and said there's a correlation between commercial construction and homeownership, and that is... Managing these projects and managing our homes are really complex. Hmm. So, how can we make it really easy? And that's where my new company, Homesada, came into place.
1: Well, awesome. Well, that's a—I'm sure it's a need for a lot of homeowners, including myself. So, I'm sure that uh, it comes in handy. So, if we to start just before your journey, before Homesada, and we will certainly get to that kind of—you touched on it—but so, what were you doing before Homesada? Kind of what led you to where you're at now? But what's that—that backstory? Yeah,
0: so I um, I have an interesting story. So I never really thought I'd ever be an entrepreneur. I actually don't mind working for other companies, but mm. I was a part of uh, young startup companies. And that's what I do love is mm. growing startups and growing those companies and then ultimately helping those companies get sold. And um, a good example of that is the company I came from before um, HomeZada was Meridian Systems. And Meridian Systems was the leader in commercial construction project management software. And I was an early stage employee to that company. I was about employee number 20. Mm. I play a role in both marketing and sales. And then as you take on more responsibility, when you own your own company, that obviously morphs. But in my marketing and sales role at Meridian, I loved that aspect of not only being in marketing and sales, but also understanding how the entire organization operated and how my role in marketing and sales impacted all the other departments. Mm-hmm. And then what I could bring to them. And then how do I help that company grow? Mm. And I knew each department plays a role. And each individual plays a role. So how do I bring all those people together? And I loved it. And <laughs> when you work in a startup, you learn a lot about mm. a lot of different aspects that a company goes through. Because you mm. can't help yourself.
1: So you did you're working with Meridian and I, I think when we talked a little bit about it before and correct me if wherever I'm wrong by oh, all means you were working with you know everything from contracts to costs to budgets and you had to do some fairly complex processes in order to make sure that all of the construction project came on or came online stayed on track and, and yep. moved forward is that a fair, a fair recollection?
0: That's absolutely right spot on and so Um, specifically when it comes to managing these construction projects. So think of the large construction projects around the world, like the Disney theme parks, like the stadiums, unfortunately, that are not filled right now. And like all the schools or the tall casinos. They're also not filled right now. I know, they're not filled either. (laughs) Same thing with the casinos. Same thing with the casinos. So if you think about those projects, there's a lot of complexity into managing them, not only from the number of people that have to, build those, those buildings, but also the number of finishes you need. And, you know, you take a look at a hotel because it's the easiest thing to describe. There's many rooms, there's faucets, there's sinks, there's counters, there's beds, there's walls, there's wallpaper, there's, um, there's um, sprinkler systems, all different kinds of things you need to um, make sure that those hotels and those buildings are constructed properly within Mm -hmm. the requirements needed by the local communities and the investigators etc but Mm -hmm. also the other thing that you need to make sure of is that everybody's working together to get this building constructed properly Mm. and there's a timing issue of all that there's also a contracting issue and a financing issue and materials delivery issue you know think about delivering materials in a downtown area like New York which Mm. is very difficult versus if you're in a rural area, you can probably deliver all the materials all at once.
1: Mm. So, which was nice when we were building <laughs> your house. So.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, those complexities really play a role. And I started aligning those complexities in commercial construction with that that I'm dealing with managing my house. Mm. And so, the idea came to me about Hamzada during that process of being a commercial construction a software company. But mm. I was like, oh, I'm happy where I am. I don't need to go build another company. Someone else, I'm assuming, has built it. And you know what happens when you assume. So um, I was like, I just kept assuming someone else was building it, but I actually searched for a product like of for ten years, and no one had built anything. Hmm. And I thought that was kind of odd.
1: So you're, you're, and if, maybe to fill in just a little bit. So basically, you're saying, hey, why, why isn't there? I have to manage all these what would be complex on big or big projects to make sure it all gets done and moves forward. Why isn't there something almost similar to that for home management for on the more on the individual level to manage your home to make sure that it gets built right or, or you know, gets maintained right and everything is, is up to date and everything is taken care of. So the home is maintained well. And you're saying, why isn't that and you waited for a while and then nobody did it. So obviously it's up what you decided to. Before we jump quite to that, so I think yeah. you mentioned that you, as you were with, I think Meridian, they were working, mm-hmm. they eventually got sold off and they, you know, they yes. were publicly traded, sold off. And so you and a few, or some of the co-founders decided, hey, it was time to go do a new startup or, you know, first of all, do we have it in us? Do we want to do a new startup? Mm-hmm. But then you guys, at least some of you decided yes. And so you started to do that. So maybe dive into a little bit yeah. as you left Meridian and then how you decided to go to Holmes Otter or to do that as a new startup.
0: Yeah, so um, as we're running around the world, looking at all these different major projects, mm. and I'm saying to myself, there's got to be a better way to manage my home. And part of that, going back to what you were saying, is my data about my home was scattered everywhere. Mm. Um, my documents were in seven different locations, and there were physical paper documents. Mm. But I also had documentation all over my computers, you know, my inventory my, of my home inventory, what maintenance tasks I need to do. I didn't even have a calendar that was managing those maintenance tasks. I just had to memorize it. So things were in my brain as well. So that was becoming very frustrating to me. I was like, there's gotta be a better way. But I think Meridian sparked that I knew it was possible Hmm. because when you're managing these complex projects and you're seeing all these data points flow back and forth, you're like, okay, can we take something similar to Meridian and build What a homeowner would need without the complexity, because people go to school to be a construction project manager. People Mm. don't go to school to be a homeowner. We just become homeowners.
1: That that would probably be a boring, it probably would be an unpopular degree.
0: It might be, but at the same time, we probably all need a little bit of it. You
1: put a lot of money into a home and it's a big (laughs) asset. We all need it, but I don't know that you get a lot of people enrolling in that degree.
0: Exactly. So, um, with that said, I started realizing, okay, what do we need to manage in the house? And I, everyone had told me specifically my insurance company, track your inventory. I'm like, why? Mm. What's the point? Well, cause you just never know. Someone could rob your house. Something could mm. break in your house. You could get flooding in your house cause a toilet broke upstairs or something that effect. We coincidentally in California live in fire area. So mm. you can get fires, hurricanes, tornadoes are in every state. And Mm. so all of those things could happen. And I'm like, all right, so I'll just protect myself for the just in case. The other thing that I told you I was frustrated about was maintenance. Mm -hmm. I I kept arguing with my husband when we did it, when we didn't do it, who's going to do it. That was just silly. Managing projects were all done on Excel. And I was like, okay, wait, why can't I manage this more effectively than just Excel? Because I know there's got to be better ways to do this. And same thing with the overall finances of my house. I knew my house was an asset, but I also didn't realize quite how expensive it mm. costs to take care of my house.
1: Yeah. And neither appara- did I.
0: <laughs> well, apparently we spend 30% of our incomes on our house annually. I was mm. like, okay. And so I knew if that was the magic number, I didn't want to spend more than 30%. Mm. And I, I believe that I was, I believe that things were being spent and I was not paying attention. So I was like, okay, how do I pay attention to this? So with that said, I looked for another solution. Nothing was out there. And my co we had sold Meridian and we had all worked for the publicly traded company, which was an amazing experience. Um, that company is so fabulous. They have great, um, types of opportunities that I would recommend to anybody. However, it, we started talking, the three of us, three co-founders, John, David, and myself, and said, could you be onto something? And John actually brought it up first. And he said, I think you are. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he kept remembering that I kept complaining Mm because that's how things start, right? Personal need and complaints that there's gotta be a better way to manage our houses. And John started crafting like a good product manager, crafting what it could look like. And then he was doing that on his, on his off hours. And then he said, what if you, what do you think about this? And I'm like, this could work. Like I was getting excited. This could work. But I didn't think we were going to build another company, not right then and there. But then we started talking and saying, okay, let's go get this done. Now, fortunately for John and I, we had worked with David before. And David worked with us at Meridian. I'm
1: going to stop. Not because okay. David's not an important guy, but yeah. we'll jump to him just a so. so John, if I remember kind of what you talked about now and what we talked about before, John yeah. was almost the one that came into you and said, let's do this. Or he convinced you almost to pursue yeah. your own idea in the sense that, hey, I think this is a good idea. He'd done some research. He told you, Hey, here's the idea. And let's go out and find, you know, let's get the other parts and pieces, but it wasn't as much. You saying, Hey, I've got to do you know, uh-huh. it wasn't you the made to pull the trigger to the final decision, but mm-hmm. it was John coming and almost being a cheerleader of your own idea. Is that, is that a fair summary?
0: Absolutely correct. I was like, I had a great job with Trimble who acquired us. Mm-hmm. I was loving life. I had a product that I believed in at my previous company, Meridian slash Trimble. And I worked with amazing people, so it doesn't get any better than that, <laughs> except for the fact that my idea was not being built by anybody, and I was still frustrated with managing my house, and so when John came to me, he was really excited because he was the original co-founder in the previous Meridian business, mm. so he got the bug, and he said, there's one more in us. We're getting a little bit older, but there's one more in us. Let's do it, and I'm like, why? Why? because of all the things I just said. But then I started realizing that if we don't build this one, I'm not going to get the solution that I need personally, but more importantly, other people aren't going to get what they need. Mm. And believe it or not, I'm not the only one that was overspending on my property. Other people do it too. And how can I help them with their finances? Cause our homes affect our overall finances, mm-hmm. but also how can I help them? understand how to take care of their houses, because not everybody comes from a construction or project management background. Mm. And that's not what you need to be a homeowner, as we talked about. But how do we help them with that process? And people are really struggling with managing their homes. So we have the ability to do that. So that's when we said, okay, let's go try it. But John and I did not have the skills to do the development. We had different skills sales, marketing, partnerships, product management, finances. We had those skills. We didn't have the skills of pure development. And Mm. you and I talked about this briefly. That's probably one of the challenging parts to find the the next uh, piece or or system to fit when you're trying to build out a company specifically in software. Mm. How do you find the um, individual that can help you. Now, from our perspective, we were very fortunate because David is someone we used to work with at Meridian. He was our CTO at Meridian. Mm-hmm. And he understood not only the architecture of software, but he also understood how to develop. And that was the, the missing piece we needed in order to launch Hamzada and to build a product and to release it to the public. So, and I, and I
1: think that's a good point because I mean because yeah. I've worked with in some of the ventures I, I am a part of and previously been a part of as I mentioned I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur as well and to have someone thinking because everybody thinks you know a, a software guy or a technology guy they're all the same right they all do a good job they're all you know and it, there's a wide variety both in a, yes everything from skill sets to te- or to you know but also a, an ability to manage a project right because it used to be there was a software guy that one guy could kind of do it all if you had your software guy, and you now it's, there's so many different areas of software and so many different things everything from backend servers to the website, web portals to the user interfaces to the app. To And there's enough that is it's a lot harder to find that guy that, you know, someone that can soft, on the software side, they can wind that out, manage it, get it done, get it done right, keep everybody on task. So I think that that's, you know, not to be overlooked is that you know it, it is a, a critical person to be able to find that, and if you already know that person, it's a, you know cert- certainly someone that you want to have on your team.
0: Yeah, and for us, we automatically had trust because we'd all work together. But mm. to your point, David even will be the first one to say all of us will that we know where our strengths are and we know where our weaknesses are. And David, amazing backend developer, but even he suggested, listen. As a team, we're not strong in front-end development or user experience and you know UI UX. And right. so, one of the things that we looked at is not only did we need that experience, we also didn't come from the consumer world. We came from the commercial construction project management world, which is the B two B world or mm. business to business. So, one of the things that we did was we recognized all of our skill sets, and then we found a UI UX design team, so user experience, user interface experience, team to help us build this product. And you need them together to do this because in order, if you build one part of the product first and then you kludgy on the other part, then you could actually end up costing you more money. So you really need the team to come together to build it at the same time, which is why it's also important to bring someone like John in Who's a great product manager as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So then you did that. So you get you get John on board. You get the other co-founder and remind me his name. David. David. Okay, just wanted to make sure I didn't uh, call it something different. So you get those people on board. Say okay, we've got one more in us. We're gonna do this. We've got the core team of people that can you know kind of get things launched and off the ground, and we'll build a build the you know other people around that. And then how did things go? So you got all of those in place, and then how did it go now? Actually building Homesada.
0: Uh, so, like anything, there's ups and downs. And so, we release the product. We 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 build it first. Obviously, we build it, we release it, we um, go to market. People like what we have, and we do not release everything all at once. So today, HomeZada can help you manage a a lot of different aspects of your home. Mm-hmm. But we released it with two aspects: home inventory and home maintenance to start. Then we added projects, then we added finances, and so on and so forth. So we needed to get it to market, and that's really important to see if people want your product. Mm. And the big thing that we did, we also not only built the product in parts and pieces to see if people wanted it, but we also tested out dig- digital marketing aspects, what mm. part of digital marketing worked, what part didn't. We also mm. hired people who had that skill set that we didn't have. and. Not every startup can afford to hire people. I mean, we went and secured some initial funding, Mm. but if you can't, then there are ways that you can build relationships with people for small shares in a business. However, I would, you know, really dot your I's and cross your T's in order to make sure that you're managing that specifically. So set guidelines, set milestones on what projects need to be delivered and what you get in exchange for these shares. So it's really, really important. But we were able to secure the funding. We then found the right resources. And then as you build out your company, you go through ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. And (laughs) And the best way I can describe a startup is a lot of people think it's the roller coaster. And I 100% disagree with that. Mm. I think it's the entire amusement park. (laughs) You go in with your family. You You... get super excited. You can't wait to get there. Everybody's negotiating what they want to eat, when they want to eat, what rides they want to ride. Oh, you got to wait in lines. Oh wait, do I have to do this? Wait, I don't want to do this. And then you get on every ride. Sometimes you're not feeling so good. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes, you know, you go down the water slide and everybody's soaking wet and all different kinds of things happen. But during the course of that day, you're just stressed, excited, elated, irritated all those different emotions are flooding through you leave exhausted and then you get excited and do it all over again the
1: next day I, I like and that, that analogy that's exactly so what that I, is it's probably more more uh, more accurate than just saying a roller coaster so it's still that subtype, but I like that one yeah You're free
0: it's and it's amazing <laughs> but that's what you need to be able to be prepared for hmm. and we ran into all different kinds of challenges excitements But one of the things I will also suggest to people is make sure you also celebrate the wins. Mm -hmm. Even the smallest win can make all the difference because we get so mired in we've got more work to do. We've got to do this. Now it's today we have to do this. But it's important that you also celebrate those little wins Mm -hmm. and you do it as a team because it's a team effort.
1: Because I and I, I, that's not a point to be overlooked in the sense that because I've done that, and you, oftentimes you're in the startup and you have big successes, but you're always thinking about the next thing you need to get done, the next thing that needs to get built, or the next you know next client, the next customer, the next account, whatever it is. And you you know you over while they're big wins, you almost overlook them, or you just say okay now we're on the next thing, and you never really stop to celebrate. Hey, we just did something great or big, or we had a big success, and so you know oftentimes that that goes overlooked but it you know and sometimes as a founder of the startup you're saying okay you know i great we're doing good and now i'm not, but then the, all the rest of the team that they put in a ton of time work and effort sometimes. It's sometimes It sometimes it can get overlooked and they're saying well wait we did a good job right so i think that's a great thing is to celebrate the wins so now we jump to where are you guys at today so you did the ups and you did not just the roller coaster but the whole amusement part, the whole amusement launched, park you launched you came up with homes on i think you said you kind of you started in 2011 launched in 2012 we're now to 2000 or 2020 and so how's it how's things gone where are you at what's the next six six months to a year for you
0: yeah so um super excited as usual ups downs ups downs and you have to embrace them um so we launched the product we've got users all over the world and this is what's ironic. We only market to users in the United States. So we have users in all 50 states as well, but people around the world find us. So people really do need a product like Homslada. Our challenge that we face is with a small company and with a limited budget, how do you get your message out there? So that's one of our biggest challenges. Uh, but we've also built a lot of partnerships, so we have partnerships with large insurance companies and large finance companies in the mortgage side. We also have relationships with real estate companies and agents and and so on and so forth because they also see an opportunity to stay connected to their homeowners mm-hmm. and their customers beyond that transaction and whatever that transaction is, they secured a mortgage, they secured an insurance policy or it sold a home. Mm-hmm. They can do that with Hammazda so not only do we build Homsada for the consumer, we also built Homsada to support the professionals that also support the homeowner, which is also important. And mm. in both cases, we're continuing to grow our users, both on the consumer and the professional side. We're also um, growing our company and testing other marketing aspects that we can. Mm. And now we know what works on the marketing, the PR side, as well as the development side. We've got a big schedule ahead of us. And we're going out for our next round of funding. So we're looking for our series A and we're excited about it because things just keep populating. And one of the things to keep in mind with COVID is homeowners are flocking to use tools to help them manage their homes right now. And so they are actively looking for tools and Homsada is doing extremely well because of that. Hmm. But I'm just happy because. Now I get to help homeowners manage this large asset and large expense efficiently and easily. And for those who have multiple homes, my customers who have multiple homes tell me on a regular basis, oh my gosh, you've just made my life so much easier. Because now I have everything in the palm of my hands and I can just manage all my homes from all over the country.
1: No, that is cool. Well, cool. Well, that's a lot of fun things. I always get to the end of these and we're getting towards the end of the podcast. And I always wish we had about another, I don't know, two or three hours and so then we'd go through all the fun things to talk about because there's always more things to talk about the time to do it. But we are reaching the end of the podcast. I think that's a, that was a fun journey to talk through and we'll have to have you back on uh, soon to, to see how things keep going for you, maybe post COVID. Um, but while we do that, I always end up to wrap up the podcast with two questions. So I'll ask those now. And so the first one is, what was the worst business decision you ever made?
0: So when you pose this question to me, I really struggled with this because mm-hmm. I don't, I look at challenges and decisions differently than most people. Mm-hmm. I always see the good, bad, and indifferent of those decisions. And so I look at those and I said, okay, what did I learn from this experience? Mm-hmm. And generally I've always learned something, but I've made some really doozies in the past whether it's both at Meridian or at Hamzada just moving down a path that you think could work but you're not sure mm. you just it doesn't work out as you thought it would but I will say this I've also avoided making decisions now that's probably the biggest i guess mistake that I've ever done is doing nothing and not trying that is something that never pans out well so if I can at least try in a controlled environment hmm. where I'm not spending too much money and I'm measuring all the results of something, then I can make educated decisions. Hmm. But if I don't try at all, its I think it's like the Michael Jordan saying, you miss a 1,000% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. And so that's my advice to people is one of the things is make sure you try at least. But I don't see a lot of worse decisions. So
1: if things. I were to summarize, the worst decision you ever made was not making a decision?
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> cool. Not doing it. Not trying.
1: And I, I think that there's a lot of a lot of wisdom to that. All right, now I'm going to jump to my second question, which is if you're to have someone that was just getting into startups or wanting to get into <laughs> startups or small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them?
0: One. Okay, this is two two part question. One, it's amusing amusement park, like I just explained, and just get ready for it. Just get ready for it, mm. and uh, keep yourself up, keep yourself positive, and then move forward with measuring everything that you do. Mm. Um, but the second thing is, and this came up recently when another startup was talking to me, mm. and someone has said, "Well, I'm afraid of making a bad decision," and I'm like, "Okay." How do you know it's going to be a bad decision? That's what I asked the the startup. And they're like, why don't? And I go, that's exactly it. You don't know whether it's good, bad, or indifferent until you make a decision. So my suggestion to people is make decisions. Do your best to gather the data that you need in order to make that decision. But just make a decision. People go into decision-making. They automatically assume it's bad.
1: Hmm. And and it, it could be. It could be a bad, yeah. the worst. It could be your worst business decision, or it could it be could your be. best one. But you don't know until you make the decision. And if exactly. you don't, then you're going to sit there and you're never going to move anywhere. So no, I exactly.
0: I and even if you make a terrible decision, I can guarantee you you can move through it. You it may be hard, maybe really hard, but you can get through it. You just ha- may need to ask for help.
1: No, I think that's very good advice. So. And then they kind of go worst business decision was also the advice you'd give others to make the decision. So I think that goes uh, hand in glove very well. So, all right, white, as I said, wish we had more time kind of wrapping things up, but I appreciate you coming on the inventive journey. It's been fun to have you. Um, If people want to reach out, they want to use homes auto or they want to connect up with you or they want to invest or with your series a, whatever the case may be, what's the best way to reach out to you?
0: Uh, two ways. One at www.homazada.com or they can contact us at info
1: Perfect. So they'll either email you or they'll go to your website and they'll reach out Absolutely. and we'll make sure to include that in the show notes. So people can find that easily. Well, thank you again for coming on. It's been a, a fun time to talk about your journey. It's a, a very fun and interesting journey um, for those of you that are wanting to be on the inventive journey and uh, tell your, uh, tell your journey, uh, you can go to inventivejourney.com and apply to be a guest. And for those of you that uh, needing any patent or trademark helps, uh, we're certainly here to help any startup or small business. And you can just go to uh, MillerIPL.com and uh, look us up, and we're happy to help. Thank you again for coming on. It's been a pleasure, and look forward to hearing how your journey continues to go.
0: Thanks, Devin. Have a great day.